Hello and welcome. We are here live today in the Bell Bank Home Team Penthouse Studio with the lovely Megan Kell. Thank you. <laughs> and my wingman, Steve <laughs> Wingman, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it there, yeah. I'm the wingman. Megan, it's so great to have you here. We finally convinced you to come into the studio. It's a beautiful studio. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. There's something special about Megan, though. She's not a what, Steve? She's, she's not a real estate agent, is she? Yeah, this We're is off course today. A groundbreaking podcast for us today. <laughs> the title of the podcast is Realtor Conversations, where we speak with realtors. Ah. We thought Meg would be perfect for the show because she's someone who does sort of the same thing as realtors. You help people transition either by building them a new house or remodeling their existing house, which is obviously a big part of their lives. So it fits right in with what we do here because we can help finance that. It's all kind of wrapped into making people's dreams come true. Oh, right. I love Absolutely. that. Yeah, that is true. That's a good point. With Steve and I dealing with financing on a daily basis, there's the banker, there's the realtors, there are architects, but there's so many people that go into creating a home, if you will, versus definitely before or after the sale. But there are so many people behind the scenes, like yourself, that really do make it a home. And we had clients recently that were looking at a lake home, and they just couldn't see past the vintage 1965 look and. Mm-hmm. If we only would have known, or if I would have known, <laughs> now I do know how Megan called them and what would happen in that circumstance. Well, I've done that, that often. So, um, yeah, sometimes even realtors will contact me for their clients to come in and shed some light on a building that might look a little iffy, at least aesthetically. And then I can come in and help understand if it's going to really be a good option for that client right. of theirs. Because you do do a lot of work on cabins and second homes, that type of thing. Cabins, second homes, primary residences as well. All types of domestic architecture is what we'd call it, is what my firm specializes in. We forgot, what is the name of your firm? We forgot to mention Uh, My firm is Kell Architects, which is my given name. And you you were named architect? Yeah, totally. My father is also an architect, so I kind of wanted to honor that legacy, keep my name on the door. That's fantastic. And I'll just let the cat out of the bag here. Megan and I go way back to the 80s when we went to high school together in St. Paul. (laughs) We both had very big hair. We did. And we're not ashamed. (laughs) No, I wish I could go back to those days. Meg, you had a great house, an old, like, Victorian, I think. Well, in architectural terms, we would call it a four square. Oh, (laughs) so you were learning stuff here. But I remember your dad was always a real successful architect. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the business and what decisions and what life circumstances happened and why you're here now. Yeah, so I grew up around architecture, which actually caused me when I went to college to feel like I had to go in a totally different direction. (laughs) So I did start out in more of a liberal arts situation, environmental design and engineering in the first place. Became disinterested in that because I was taking a lot of aesthetic art courses and art history. And I started truly discovering that my path really and my passion was architecture. Much to my folks' surprise, I called them up and said I needed a transfer from my college to the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities, and started on my course in architecture. Wow, okay. So after you graduated from the U of M, I believe it's called CALA? Correct. It was called CALA at that point. It was the College of Architecture and Landscape Architecture. 
Okay, so you graduated there, and then you actually had a Stillwater connection here. Tell us about that. Yeah, so all through college, actually, in my architecture school, I did work for a firm called Mulfinger Susanka Mahati Architects. It's a mouthful. That, yes it is. (laughs) They transferred a name as calling it Sala Architects because it was such a mouthful. Oh, see. And they started having more partners. Sala Architects had a Stillwater branch. So once I graduated from college with my professional degree, I started working in the Stillwater office. I worked there for about nine years, and then I moved into the Minneapolis branch office for another five or so for Sala Architects. And after that, I started my own firm in 2010. About and it's been going nuts ever since. Awesome. For all of our listeners out there, Steve and I deal with different price points, whether they're buying in the $200,000 range or $2 million range. I would mm-hmm. say the higher price points would definitely know. We all know what an architect does, but who is the ideal client? Or for people listening, I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking, oh, I don't need an architect. Maybe my house isn't worth enough, doesn't cost enough. Or That's a great question. Like, is it only for the $2 million home or can someone that owns a $400,000 home use benefit, benefit from that? From that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I would say a lot of people don't know what an architect can right. provide right. or what they do actually they don't just draw blueprints so architects come with a background of knowledge of aesthetic values the psychology of spaces they understand things as what might seem as trivial as color theory all the way into mechanical systems in a home we have a really widespread knowledge base we're not experts in every one of those you know, fields, right. but we do have a pretty broad vision when we come to projects. So say you have a smaller residence or less costly side of things, which might be a 400000 or something. We can actually be a value in that just the same as we can be a value in the $2 million range, mm-hmm. say, where we might come in and be able to help a client solve a vision without actually adding on. Mm. We can come in and kind of move around the puzzle pieces of the house to solve their challenges potentially without adding on or adding on largely. Oftentimes we help to actually save money on projects. It sounds like with listening to you talk and knowing your background, you don't just focus on the function of the house and if our listeners want to go to your website and they can see some of your projects I mean it really is a work of art what you do I mean it's not just okay let's put the bathroom here and this and that but it really flows and it looks beautiful well thank you I appreciate that yeah Yeah. it's not just the cookie cutter stuff so would you call that a sort of a hallmark of your design it's interesting because I think if you go to my website you will see a huge variety of styles But really what's backing that all is really thoughtful kind of placement of spaces Mm -hmm. and good design. The style is kind of secondary. Mm. We can bring in style once we have a solid, say, even floor plan that promotes good circulation through a house, good pathways, good layouts for furnishings to promote families gathering or Mm. Quiet spaces for homework or home offices are huge right now on people's minds. So a lot of projects involve renovations that are trying to find more space for those types of spaces 
too. I would say it's all about harmonizing the aesthetics with right. the function. That's really the spine of our work. I wish I knew you 20 years ago when I built my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty amazing that you were able to build a house 20 years ago, too. That's sensational. You can always build another one. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so is there such thing as an ideal client, or is that anyone and everyone? Or there's? I would say an ideal client just needs to have a great open mind, open mind. about mm-hmm. what the possibilities are, because... It's my job to come in and sort of joggle around all the pieces and let you see things in a different way. For someone that's building, would they choose the builder first or would they choose the architect first? That's a good question. It kind of depends on where you're building, how you're building. Most of our clients do find us first because we really need to kind of lay the groundwork for the scope of the project with those clients. Hmm. So we try to keep in mind budget as well as their spatial needs and their aesthetics. We'll come up with a concept which we will then help our clients locate builders that they might want to Hmm. engage for interviewing and decision-making. I have a burning question. Back to our lake home. Back to our lake home clients. Let's say they bought this 60s build, I think, cabin for Mm $700,000. And it's dated. Elderly couple live there (laughs) for a long time and they haven't done much to it. But what would a hundred grand get someone? Or is that more of a five hundred thousand dollar? I suppose the sky's the, the limit. The sky's the limit, but to make it look not like it's there are a lot of things you can do that are simply cosmetic to make it look. But some that people way. might think it's ten thousand, some might think right. it's a million, just right. to make it look and feel right. So paint <laughs> can really do a lot. <laughs> With a budget like that, you're probably not gonna do a whole lot of addition right. work, but you can really actually enhance spaces quite a bit with lighting Mm. as well and furniture placement thinking about that it's interesting because in my role as a residential architect the type of work that I do we do not differentiate between interior design and architecture we think it all kind of melds together now we do use interior designers with our clients to to work through a lot of those and aesthetic sort of moves and softer furnishings i would say but we really want it all to harmonize from outside to inside so we are as involved as we can be throughout that as well so that's why i mentioned lighting selection is fabulous or a new lighting plan and when you say lighting i'm sorry to interrupt you there but do you mean like adding natural lighting or just that's fixtures really good point because natural lighting is probably our biggest signature design move is to bring in windows added windows or other ways to harness natural light, but also I'm talking about literal electrical fixtures Mm. to really make things get towards your aesthetic and spatial needs. Okay, so she dodged the money question pretty good. I did. Well, you're already getting I, some free advice I at the moment. Like, <laughs> it's so hard, though. I mean, no, that's what I everybody know. wants that's to say is, what can I get for this amount? And it's like, well, it really that's depends on That's very true. The, yeah. So I would say the easiest way to know that yeah. might be to have a residential architect come out to your property mm. to look at that and talk that through more deeply with you to yeah. understand where your biggest bank for your buck is going to be able to happen. Burning question number two. Okay. (laughs) Brad's been burning all morning. If I have a customer that wants to do that or 
in all seriousness, has those thoughts on a place or they're like, gosh, I don't know what it would take to fix this. What would your charge be? Like, do you charge to do that? Or yeah. if yeah. I say, hey, call Megan, do you so want free of charge? Or is there it a- depends on the distance, frankly, yes. for that. Typically, we'll just do an initial meeting to get an idea of what your needs are. And then I can understand what our process might be for you. That type of meeting is just an informational meeting for both of us. I can see the space. I can understand if we are a good fit for you. But honestly, it is that next move where then we start charging just hourly. Mm. So even if you wanted a smaller consultation, you're paying by the 15 minute or by the hour that we're spending on site. So you can gather quite a bit of information from a professional in just that talking back and forth. (laughs) Yes. Megan's too humble to mention this, but once she sees a house on the inside of a house, the outside, she can program herself to dream about the house. I'm a dreamer. And come up with the subconscious ideas. So Mm -hmm. do you charge for that or no? (laughs) Well, it's funny, yes, because that is how I make my money. (laughs) (laughs) But I think what is funny is those creative solutions often come at really weird times. Mm, So mm -hmm. I could simply be driving. What's the weekend? I'm going to our family lake place. And all of a sudden that solution might come to mind. It's Mm. not a real linear situation of solving a problem. We have to really discover it. It's a different creative process. It's like, it's like how artists or songwriters describe how the evolution of a song yeah. or their muses come right. to them. So it's not like sitting down and doing a math problem like maybe Brad and I would do on a mortgage. But yet sometimes it is yeah. also that. Okay. So that's okay. the thing. We deal with numbers. We deal with materials. We deal with environmental factors, all sorts of things. Yikes. After listening to Megan talk, and I've met her a few times now, but the biggest thing I see and talk and do is if I were to hire an architect, it's like, oh boy, is this person going to be easy to work with? <laughs> They're going to judge my wants and needs. But Megan comes across as very easy going, and I can see you being able to adapt to whatever type of home it is or whatever type of person and seeing their visions. And that's a lot of my draw to right. the type of architecture I, I do. I that. like that personal interaction right. with our clients. Fantastic. I told Brad before Megan came in, I said, yeah, we got to be on our game because she might be one of the smartest people we've ever had on the podcast dating back to the 80s when I used to cheat off your (laughs) (laughs) Well, my goal with my clients is for them to really become friends, too, and get invited for dinner and wine after their project's all done. So as long as I can do that. (laughs) Speaking of wine, the listeners can't see, but when Megan came in, we said, Megan, if this podcast goes well, we're going to give this to you. And this is a special (laughs) bottle of wine that Brad and I picked up and just happens to have our faces on the label. Brad, we didn't talk about this, but I can see in your face, you think she's earned it, don't you? I do, most definitely. I feel so honored. I just hand it to her and... I will enjoy it. Oh, she just stopped the (laughs) court. Megan, please. Uh, It is early morning. It's 10.30 in the morning here in the Bell Bank penthouse. Well, we are the penthouse, so anything goes. But no, thanks. That was awesome. We appreciate it. How about for all of our realtors out there and customers, listeners, if they wanted to get a hold of Megan Kell and use your services, What's the best way to do that? The best way to do it is go through the website because there's a very easy link 
that What's gets right to me. It is www.kell, K-E-L-L, architects, A-R-C-H-I-T-E-C-T-S.com. .com. <laughs> it's very helpful for people. And if you go to the contact us button, that email goes right to me. So great. Mm -hmm. Straight yeah. to the source. I like it. Call Megan, you won't be disappointed. No. Well, thank you for coming today, Megan. I appreciate being here. Thanks yeah, thank for asking. You. We gotta have her back for yeah. topic number two. Part two. Ooh. Part two. What about that cabin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it before and after. Holiday season. <laughs> <laughs>